0: This episode of the Trek Geeks podcast is brought to you by the Trek Geek Shop. Now you can help support our show and get yourself some cool Star Trek gear at the same time. Check out our line of t-shirts, mugs, hats and other items for your inner Trek geek at shop.trekgeeks.com. Hi, I'm Monumente Reme. That's Unam Imneritni backwards and I played Eejeb on Star Trek Voyager. You're listening to the Trek Geeks podcast with Bill Smith and Dan Davidson.
1: little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. Welcome, one and all, to the Trek Geeks podcast and episode number 78. I'm your co host, Bill Smith, and joining me is my illustrious co host. You know, if I were going to recast him, I'd have to pick somebody who, well, had a decent command of the English language and who had a sense of humor and who spoke in complete sentences. And I think that narrows my choices down to just about everybody else on the planet other than the beautiful and talented Dan Davidson. Dan, welcome aboard, buddy. So you don't
0: think I have a sense of humor? You're, you're a no. jerk. <laughs> Hey, before we get into anything, yeah. happy birthday, pal. Thank you. As we record, uh, it is your birthday weekend, and I hope you had a great day yesterday, Uh Always, uh, always a special day for you to be celebrating your birthday with your beautiful bride, and I hope you had a good one.
1: Well, thank you. Actually, it was a day where I did not much of anything, and it was everything I hoped it would it could be. So
0: pretty much every day of the week for you, then.
1: Yeah, hey, I'm just, you know, trying to be who I am.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you had a good day, and a good day today.
1: Thanks. Tonight we're going out for dinner uh, to celebrate. We figure Sunday it's—the you know, the restaurants aren't as busy. Yes. You know, so it'd probably be easier to, you know, not fight for a table or wait for an hour. So we're gonna go to one of those uh, Japanese you know, hibachi restaurants.
0: Yes, fun.
1: Yeah. So yes. that'll be good.
0: Awesome. We'll have a great time.
1: Well, thank you. I uh, I intend to uh, because I'm not driving.
0: <laughs> oh, so you're gonna have a little uh, sake, maybe?
1: Well, here at this restaurant, what they do is they have a super soaker filled with sake. Yes. And they pretty much shoot people with it. Yes, I I have seen that. Yeah.
0: It's going to be good times. Good times. <laughs> well, con- well, have a good time. Congratulations on yet another year of dealing with me. And uh, we'll see what happens next.
1: That's really the present, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Wow. Yeah. Yay me. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious. And I'm the perfect Star Trek age this year, I might add. You are? 47. 47. So our, we're both 47 now.
0: We are. Thanks for telling everybody.
1: That's because you're old.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> By a week. <laughs> no, you're two
1: weeks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and so when I find your replacement, they should also be good at math. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. You need to have more coffee, buddy. I do need more coffee. See, yeah. the other thing you need is more feedback and communication from the fine folks who listen to the Trek Geeks podcast. How might they get those messages of caffeinated wisdom to you, sir?
0: Your ability to segue is... It's just amazing. I love it. Yes. Don't try this
1: Don't try this at home.
0: All right, sorry. Yes, yeah, so on Twitter, Facebook and Skype our handle is TrekGeeks. You can also send us an email at trekgeeks@starfleet.com at or you can call us at 508-784-1701 to leave us a voicemail or you can go to speakpipe.com/trekgeeks and leave a message there. Also, you can now join our official camp our official Camp Kittimer Facebook group. Yeah, let's try that again. You can also join our official Facebook group, Camp Kittimer. A lot of great discussion going on there. Always new people coming in just about every day at this point, so it's pretty cool. Uh, you get early access to these here Trek Geek podcasts. And uh, to join the group, just go to com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer. And just remember that any comments or messages you leave us, including happy birthday songs to the birthday boy, may be used in a future episode. He'll back to you.
1: Thank you, Dan. And uh, by the way, I was going through the messages today, and I heard all of those songs you left me, and none of them are fit for broadcast, because they'd be one giant, long, continuous bleep. So uh, thanks, buddy.
0: Wow. Okay. You're welcome. (laughs) Every once in a while, I just have to tell you how I really feel.
1: It's time for the news from our good friends at (coughs) Treknews.net. Spanning the quadrant. Wow. Looking for the greatest stories in Star Trek news. We hope you all stop by Treknews.net. They are our first stop, and they should be yours, quite frankly. Don't you agree, Dan?
0: I agree 100%, but i got to say the first story we have today isn't what I would tag the greatest news, even though it's from the greatest news site for Trek News. It's
1: it's reported incredibly well.
0: It is. They do such a great job of taking something that isn't awesome and making it sound awesome. Would that be a good... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for all you animated series fans, you're finally going to get the animated series on Blu-ray. How about that? Yeah. Uh, November 15th. uh, The entire series will be released on Blu-ray, all 22 episodes. Uh, There's going to be some special audio commentary and some special text commentary as well, as well as some special features such as Drawn to the Final Frontier. Get it? See what they did there? (laughs) The m- <laughs> Thank you, Ed. Uh, the making of Star Trek, the animated series. Uh, there's going to be some storyboard ga- uh, galleries. Uh, and also packaged with this set is going to be uh, 22 art cards designed by Juan Ortiz. So big fans of the uh, animated series, get ready for November 15th because your day is coming.
1: I do have to say I'm a big fan of Juan Ortiz and his artwork. Yes,
0: he does great stuff.
1: I think that's a fantastic add to that. Um, If they were going to put this on Blu-ray, I'm of the mindset that they should have fixed things like Nurse Chapel's One Red Sleeve. Yes. Yes.
0: Or Scotty having a mustache in one scene, and two seconds later the mustache is gone, but then it's back the next scene.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are so many continuity errors in the animated series, just visually. I'm not even talking about with regard to Star Trek canon. Right. That it's just, it's like, really? Really? And I get they were rushing it out the door, but come on, guys.
0: I can just picture Drosen picking it up on the 15th of November and sitting there watching that stupid Magus 2 episode
1: over and over again. (laughs) Do you you think (laughs) he's going to camp out? (laughs) (laughs) So here's what we need to do. We need to find out where he's going to be. We need to pay someone to pick him up enough hamburgers to get him through that weight right right, and then he needs to you know video the whole thing first person his purchase
0: i I, I think that's a good idea, but I, I do have to say I don't think there's going to be a line. <laughs>
1: What are you talking about? That's like sacrilege.
0: Oh, sorry, sorry. It'll be wrapped around the Best Buy building. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> what else comes out the same day? <laughs>
0: <laughs> In all seriousness, fans of you know, I we did our review of the uh, of the animated series a uh, several podcasts ago, and and it was much better the next time I saw it than I originally remembered. Uh But still, Blu-ray, yeah,
1: okay, yeah. Well, you know, I figured that they had to release it standalone Blu-ray since they were putting it in the 50th anniversary box set Mm -hmm. of the the TOS years. Right. So, but I mean, I still wish we'd get Deep Space Nine and Voyager on Blu-ray before the animated series. Right. I I don't think we ever will.
0: I don't either. And that's a shame. Big shame. At
1: least certainly not the way that Next Generation was treated with, you know, remastering and some you know, new special effects and cleaned up. I, I don't think we'll ever see that. All right. Thanks for ruining my day. Yeah, You're welcome. It's <laughs> my birthday, so too bad.
0: <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> well, then, Dan, we don't have another news item, but we did want to talk briefly about a special mention that you and I got this week on LinkedIn. Now, you know, we don't want to be those guys who go, hey, hey, we got some great press, but the article itself... Is about so much more than just this podcast.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a very it's a very great article. First of all, we want to thank Brian Donlan for for writing the article, and he posted it on LinkedIn. And basically, what this this article is all about is uh, he mentioned that uh, he was preparing for a marathon, so he decided to listen to some podcasts, and ours came up, so he decided to take a listen, and it happened to be our Trek Fifty episode, which we are both extremely proud of, and the listening to the episode really got him thinking about his first trek and how trek allows people to connect and 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 form relationships it was a very very uh humbling article i thought and i was thrilled to be that we were both mentioned in it and it really it really did cover a topic that is very um that means a lot to both of us i think
1: i think so i I think that the paragraph that resonated the most with me, and you know, I hate it when people read things from stories on podcasts, but I'm about to do that. Um, and it's a short paragraph, so bear with me, but it, it talks directly about the content of the Trek 50 episode. And it, it begins, The podcast was not filled with people who needed a life. Rather, it was replete with people who embraced life because of Star Trek. Sure, there was commentary about why Deep Space Nine was better than Voyager and the like. The majority of stories and memories were of fans talking about how they watched the show with their fathers or brothers or mothers. Yet these fans treasure this sci-fi classic for how it brought them together with their family members, many of whom had passed away. That really kind of... Nails what the episode is about for me, Dan. It's it's the uniting power of Star Trek. It's the it's the part of it that has caused us to create so many great relationships in our lives with with family and friends. And I'm just you know uh, overwhelmed and and genuinely thankful that 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 Brian highlighted that aspect. Couldn't say it better
0: myself, sir. That was uh, very well said. And you're right. Um, the relationships that form. When we were young uh, with family members like your brother and, and my brother um, and how those relationships uh, continue to grow and then new relationships have formed as as I saw firsthand a couple years ago at my first Vegas convention with all the new friends and it is because of Star Trek. So uh, uh, very, very uh, honored and, and as I said humbled uh, for Brian to uh, mention us in this article uh, and uh, can't thank him enough.
1: No, without a doubt. If you haven't read the article, it's on our Facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash trekgeeks. I think it's also in Camp Kittimer, and if not, it will be by the time you hear this. <laughs> so you can join Camp Kittimer and see it there. But uh, we truly can't thank Brian Donlin enough for his thoughtful essay on, on Star Trek and about fandom. You know, Dan, this is a topic you and I have debated and, and thought about for quite a while. And we had no idea we were going to make a full episode. Uh, uh, episode. <laughs>
0: How's that recast yeah. coming?
1: Yeah, it's going great. <laughs> we had no idea we were going to make a full episode out of this until we were putting together our Ask Us Anything
0: That is correct. Jason from North Carolina actually sent us a question when we were asking for topics to talk about in the Ask Us Anything episode. And he asked who we would recast in a series and why, or how we would recast a series, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, And we talked about it as we were going through the episode outline and... I said, man, this would this could be a whole episode in itself because there could be a lot to talk about. So uh, we felt it warranted a dedicated episode. So here we are. There's so many possibilities. I mean, it's just amazing what we could do with any series.
1: It really is, and and honestly, you know, we, you and I weren't weren't on the same page initially with regard to which episode to do first. Mm-hmm. To the point where you did one cast, and we said, all right, let's just go with it. And I found it was going to be, for me personally, the toughest one to do because I love this series so much.
0: I thought that's what made the challenge uh, all that much greater and why I wanted to do this series first is because it is our favorite series and it is a challenge. And I got to tell you, it was a challenge for a couple of the characters. I was really going back and forth, and I'm sure we're going to get into it, um, tough ones that we had. But uh, why not start with the best? So we decided to do Deep Space Nine. I had to, I had to twist your arm a little bit, I think. We uh, decided... Uh, No, no, no. I I had to twist (laughs) your arm, and finally the executive producer in me came out, and I just kind of had to put my foot down.
1: There we are. We have it on, well, not on tape, but we have it recorded that you have admitted you're the executive producer.
0: Well, you didn't let me finish. Congratulations, The executive producer in me preparing for Star Trek Discovery's podcast came out in me. I kind of overstepped my boundary a little, and I kind of time-jumped a little bit, so that's what I meant. (laughs) You...
1: Are you sure you're not a politician? That was pretty good, wasn't it? That was, that was a, a presidential-style pivot. That We're going to make was, podcasting great again. That was a John Kerry-esque pivot. That was beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, yes, we are going to recast Deep Space Nine. So I'm not quite sure how you approached gathering your cast, but let me tell you how I kind of approached mine, and we'll mm-hmm. see if the, the methodologies you know, kind of coincide. Okay. I decided to look at actors who have been doing a lot of television work recently. And there are a couple of exceptions, but largely all of these people are, are actors and actresses you can see in television projects within the last handful of years. Okay. Does that kind of match up with what you did, or did you kind of approach it differently?
0: I did it, I did it similar, but differently. How's that? Okay. There's that politician again.
1: Yeah, thanks for that.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, for the most part, a lot of my choices are current television and movie actors and actresses. I kind of mix both of them together. The other thing that I wanted to do, and it, I, don't, I don't know if a cop-out is the right word words for it, is all of the characters and all of the people that I chose are similar to the what we are used to seeing with the characters on Deep Space Nine. By that, I mean for O'Brien, for example. We'll get into who I picked later, but I didn't decide to do someone who wasn't Irish. Um, I decided to stick with that similar similar point, I guess is, is the best way to describe it. Um, could have been much more uh, interesting if we decided to do it differently and have a completely new cast that we had never seen these characters before, so we didn't know what to expect. But I kind of kept them along what we're used to seeing.
1: Interesting. So you mean what we're used to seeing visually?
0: Um, No, actually, not so much visually, but more the character development and what we are familiar with. Like, for example, Kira is a real badass freedom fighter terrorist type character. So I picked someone who that makes me think of of the Kira we know uh, on roles that this other actress has played.
1: So you stayed true to the aspects of the character and didn't make any rewrites to the character. You instead tried to find actors and actresses who you thought could convey those facets. Well, is that a fair statement?
0: That is a very fair statement. And I think if we do this in the future with another series, I may take a different approach to it, but for deep space nine, I wanted to go that route.
1: I did a very similar methodology with regard to that. Okay. I didn't change any of the aspects of the characters, um, there might be a couple of cases where somebody's maybe a little older or younger than the original actor cast, mm-hmm. but I thought that was okay. Okay. Good. Nice. So that said, why don't we get started? We're going to take it one character at a time and explain why we chose this particular person. And I figure we're going to save the captain for the end. Okay. Because that's the – in Deep Space Nine in particular, that's the pivotal character in the entire series because it is Benjamin Sisko's journey. I, so. I, I think that's a great idea. Okay, so let's start with Jake then. Okay. You know, he's he's a character who is not in every episode, but certainly plays an important part in Cisco's life. Dan, who did you choose to to be recast as Jake Sisko?
0: Well, this is an interesting one for me. This is one that I fought with for a long time, and I'm actually going to give you two. And not because I couldn't decide, but I decided to go, let's give a Jake Sisko. And I did do a little switch up with this one. I decided to do what would Captain Sisko's child who would play his child if it was a girl? So we have a daughter instead of a son. I know it can kind of skew what some of the episodes would have been like because there are some Jake-centric episodes that deal with him specifically being in a relationship. Um, but I decided to try it anyway. So for male, I decided to go with Malcolm David Kelly, who was Walt in Lost. Interesting. Very similar uh, actor. Um you see him grow up on screen pretty much when he's in Lost, and I think that he's he fits the Jake role very well from what we see uh, him in Lost. Now, I will be completely honest. I don't think I've seen him in anything else but Lost, so that might kind of closet my choice, but uh, I see him being a Jake Cisco very easily.
1: Plus, he's like 30 now, so he could play old Jake.
0: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Todd is not needed anymore. <laughs>
1: Okay, so then who did you pick as the possible alternate Jake?
0: Alternate Jake, I don't know if we want to call her Jacqueline or something like that. I have no okay. idea. But I decided I went back in time a little bit. And when I was uh, when my kids were growing up and we would have dinner at night and then we go downstairs and watch TV, we always watched That's So Raven. The kids loved that show. So I actually chose a young Raven Simone to be uh, the Cisco daughter.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: Now that is that that can be a tough one. I kind of I got a couple funny looks when I told my wife about it because she's a she's a very specific actress. You know, she's got more comedy in her, I think, maybe than than the role of a of a Cisco on a space station. But uh, I just felt that it would be one of those throw in a little bit something you're not expecting moments by having her as my choice.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's very interesting.
0: Well, how about you, man?
1: I um. I went for a more conventional choice, and the person I chose is probably a bit too old at this point, and by that I mean just a little, because Sirach Lofton was fairly young when he took on the part of Jake Sisko, Mm -hmm. and he still had a little bit of that kid in him, but I think I would choose Jaden Smith, you know, son of Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith, who was in uh, the reboot of Karate Kid, and who was in After Earth with his dad. I think that he would be a halfway decent choice for Jake Cisco um, especially given whom I've selected later on as as Benjamin. So I think it's a part he could carry well and maybe add a little bit less of the the Wesley quality if you will, that sort of eagerness yes. Um so I, I think it's uh I think it's a safe selection but I think it's it's one that could work in the grand scheme of things.
0: Oh, I definitely think that could work. I think that's a great choice. I'll give you a, a 9 out of 10 on that one. How's that? Oh,
1: thank you, Dan. <laughs> I think I'll give you a 7 and a 6.5. Wow. Really? <laughs> um well, it was the East German judge. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: Good choice. Good start. Good start.
1: All right. So, one down. Eh, about a hundred more to go because it's <laughs> Deep Space Nine. No, I'm kidding. Just I'm kidding. kidding. So, Dan, let's move on to the chief medical officer of the space station. So, of course, Dr. Julian Bashir, originally played bo- by Alexander Siddig or Siddig El-Fadil, depending on which season you're watching. Mm-hmm. Um, same actor, different names. Right. But I think I'll go first on this one. Sure, sure. I uh, I tried to choose an actor that was roughly the same age that Sid was when he got the part of Bashir. And I wrestled with this one for a long time because there were a lot of choices that went through my mind. You know, I thought about uh, looking at, like, Bollywood actors first because I thought that the character should stay, stay true to that region. Okay. But there was nobody with any recognizable name value to me. So then I tried to find, you know... Actors of Indian descent that have been in projects over the last handful of years. And I don't know why this choice escaped me initially, but it was actually this morning as I was making my coffee, I'm like, oh, I know who I'd cast as Bashir. And the person I ultimately chose was actor Dev Patel, who was in Slumdog Millionaire and also in uh, the newsroom on HBO. Right now, he's the age Excuse me. He's the age that is pretty close to what Sid was when he got the part. And I think it's something he could work some real magic with because he's a great actor. Okay. Excellent. I initially was
0: going to go that route and uh, choose someone uh, similar, but I couldn't think of anybody, and when I was doing some searching to try to see if anything would pique my interest, I couldn't recognize it. I didn't recognize anybody that I thought would be good to play the role of Bashir, so I didn't go that route. I went with um, a, an actor who has been in a similar type role, um, but is just, you know, American male, and uh, I chose Nicholas Holt, and I'm not sure if you recognize that name. But he, I don't initially. He played Beast in the X-Men uh, first-class movies, the, the ones that take place in, like, the 60s. Interesting. Um, he's, a great, uh, he's a great character actor, I think, in, in for what I've seen. And, and as the Beast, he's, he's a doctor, and he's nervous and confident at the same time. And he wants to hide his mutation, which is similar to Bashir wanting to hide his genetic engineering. So I thought it was a good fit. Uh he's young he's about the age uh of Bashir in, in Deep Space Nine. So that was that was my choice. Kind of a doctor in the X-Men movies, but yeah. chief medical officer for Deep Space Nine.
1: Interesting. Yeah. You know, I had a I had a tough choice with that one because it was I, hard. At first I thought of like Cal Penn, and I'm like, well, I don't think that he kind of fits the Bashir role. I mean he's done drama, he's doing drama right now on designated survivor. Um, And then I also thought of an actor like James Callis, who was on Battlestar Galactica, as Baltar. Okay, yep. But he didn't look like Bashir to me, although he certainly could play it incredibly well. So that's kind of how I wound up with Dev Patel, but uh, your choice is interesting to me. Well, thank you. That's a good one. I
0: like it. I actually, it's funny that you say that. He does kind of remind me of Bashir a little bit. Which one? The guy who played Baltar.
1: Yeah. Doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Uh, Especially in his vocal quality. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, another good choice for for, for you, man. That's good. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> knocking it out of the park today. <laughs> what that was, was that? That was
0: a very poor bat hitting a ball. That was terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> no, that wasn't good either. Moving
1: on. All right. How about we stop at the sound effects? <laughs> poor... Uh, Poor Brian on his run training for his marathon. Sorry, Brian going deaf right
0: We're now. Dropping down like flies now, aren't we?
1: I know, like a rock. So, Dan, let's move on to a character that joined Deep Space Nine later on, but still was a series regular. And of course, I'm talking about Worf. Okay. Now, as we all know, Michael Dorn came over from Next Gen after really not wanting to wear the makeup again and said, Ah, the heck with it. I'll sign on for four more years of this. <laughs> um So Worf, obviously a very pivotal character from the time they introduced him through the Dominion War. And if Michael Dorn's not going to play him, who is, sir?
0: Well, this choice might be one that a lot of people choose. And I was not going to choose this actor, but decided, you know what? I see him in the role perfectly. I think he'd be great. We saw him recently, of course, in Star Trek Beyond, and that would be Idris Elba. Uh, I think he would be a good Worf. He's got a very Klingon quality to him. And I, I, I honestly love his voice. I think his voice is just really powerful. Uh, and uh, I think he would play a great Klingon. And he might be the popular choice right now because he's he's like the guy that everybody wants in their movies. But that would be my choice. I'd like to see what he looks like in that
1: Klingon makeup. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, I don't think we'd ever get him. <laughs>
0: oh, no. I, I, no, not unless you want to pay him like $20 million an episode.
1: Yeah, not happening. Yeah. For Worf, I took a bit of a different thought process. And I went for somebody that is on is in a series right now on Netflix that actually just dropped this weekend. Oh, yes. And initially, I'd seen this actor on The Good Wife playing a, uh, a, a, a longtime drug dealer, sort of a kingpin. Mm-hmm. And this weekend, he turns up in Marvel's Luke Cage as the title character. And I'm speaking, of course, of Mike Coulter. I think that he could really do an amazing job with Worf because not only does he have that intensity, but he also has that physicality that I think that the character needs, um, I'd love to see him in Klingon makeup because I think he'd add a whole new dimension to Worf. And I think that he could play it without bad teeth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a very good point. We know how you love those Klingon teeth, man.
1: Oh, my God. Now, I did have a runner-up that I had in mind for a while. But ultimately, I ruled him out because I... Although I think he'd look good as Worf, I don't think that he'd play the character the way I'd want to see it done. And that was Shamar Moore, most recently from Criminal Minds. Interesting. Okay. Because he's a, he's a big guy. He's a very physical guy. He's certainly a talented actor. But I just don't know if he'd square up with Worf the way I think that Mike Coulter would. Right. For a runner-up for me, this and this
0: was a very... Low runner up. I just didn't think it would work other than the voice. Um, I always have enjoyed movies with Michael Duncan Clark, uh, but he's just not a, he, he's too big to be Worf, I think. I mean, he's just, he's such a big, strong guy. And um, I don't, I didn't think that that would work. So that didn't stay on my list too long. But the voice is something that I, uh, that resonates with me. Get it? Um, for the character of Worf.
1: Well, and unfortunately, you know, he passed away I, a few years ago. Yeah. So. Um, there's no way we could get him for a recast, and what a what a terrible situation that was.
0: Yeah, that was awful. But th- then again, I also took this list as the the actor or actress that we choose doesn't necessarily have to be from this current time frame, and if could be somebody who's passed.
1: See, I did because the idea is to recast the series for today. Today, okay, gotcha. So. Um, way to go!
0: So my young Raven <laughs> Simone couldn't work. Basically, is what you are saying. No, no.
1: Wow. All right.
0: So starting next week with Bill Smith's Trek Geek podcast by himself.
1: <laughs> that sounds like a show I would listen to all day long. <laughs> wow! Oh, wow! Thank you. I'm oh, so excited. Sorry, Thank that's you for not your birthday
0: present. That's never happening.
1: Oh, oh. <laughs> well, Dan, pressing on. Yes, we have. A character that, when the series was first announced, I, I didn't know that I was fully on board with. And then I saw how Armin Shimmerman played Quark, and I understood how absolutely he essential he was, or the character was, to that story. Okay. This is one I had an absolute bear of a time trying to recast, because... I'm trying to think of somebody who could play quark at least as well as Armin, and it's really, really tough okay so i i'm gonna I'll give my pick first, yes. but did you have? As difficult a time? Nope. Trying to cast, really?
0: Nope. I, I, I thought it when I, I was going through the list. I will say that I went I, I created my list of characters of the ones that we were choosing. And I forgot to include Quark, to be honest. And I really feel bad about that. But when I realized that I didn't have Quark on my list and I added it, I had the name in like 10 seconds.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, see, the killer thing is here that Armin Shimmerman could still play Quark. Yes, he could. Absolutely. Today? Mm-hmm. You know, it because it, and it would lose nothing, you know? I agree. But, I, and I almost put that as an answer, but I figured that would be a cop-out because the idea is to recast. True. Well, I'm glad so, you didn't do it then. Well, thank you. I chose an actor that I think has gotten better as his career as an actor has gone on. And although I'm not a huge fan of this particular actor, I think that with the right direction he actually could do something really interesting with this character. And so I chose Christian Slater from Mr. Robot. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Because I think that he could add a dimension to that character that would be a really different take on it. And of course, it would... Obviously, in in many things, Christian Slater seems like he's just Christian Slater. Yeah, true. But I think in Mr. Robot, he's been really, really great. And that's really what made me kind of consider him for a part like this because it's more character driven. It's, you know, there's the makeup quality. He's got the potential to create something unlike anything he's ever done before. And I think that that's a challenge he could rise to.
0: Okay. And he's been in Star Trek before. He has. Yes.
1: That and he helps when Trek. your mom does casting <laughs> <laughs> aunt's or whatever she
0: was. Yeah. Interesting pick. That's very interesting. I would never have thought of him in a million years. Me either, almost. <laughs> <laughs> almost. It was that 999,000th year that you got to you. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Well, like I said, mine was, mine was quick. I, I, I knew it as soon as I typed the word quark on my, on my computer, and I picked Steve Buscemi. Really? Yep. And for a couple of reasons. First of all, just the look of him. I think is perfect for a Ferengi, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but I think he could fit the the character or the or being a Ferengi perfectly. Second is he's got some goofy characteristics about him that I've always liked as an actor, but at the same time he's got some really strong and and kind of scary uh roles that he's played that have showed him to be a very strong character, like in the Empire. I think that's what it's called. Is it Empire? Uh, no, it's... Um, uh, Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk Empire, thank you. Um, and I think him playing Quark, to have those quirky complaining, it's always... I'm always, you know, being picked on, plus his strong love of Ferengi society, I think that he would be able to play that role with those two different aspects of his character very, very well. Um, So I picked him. And you wouldn't have to put uh, fake teeth in his mouth to be a Frankie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what sold Christian Slater for me was I thought about him potentially being Quark in the one scene from The Way of the Warrior, the season four episode, uh, season premiere, Mm -hmm. where Quark and Garrick are talking about the insidiousness of the Federation and comparing it to Root Beer. Yep. And I thought that if that were the scene I was going to use as as my benchmark, I thought that Slater would do really well in that scene. And that's what got me to thinking. All right. I can see that. Yeah. And I can see the same thing with Busami though, too. I just think he would just, be, Oh my gosh. We, I
0: would love to see him in Klingon makeup someday.
1: Klingon or Ferengi? Uh, I'm
0: sorry. Ferengi. Yeah. Ferengi makeup or Klingon. Klingon or would Klingon. be kind of funny too.
1: He'd be but the yeah, most erotic Klingon of all time.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. <laughs>
1: Well, Dan, we're uh, we're about almost through half the cast. Right. How are you feeling about your picks so far?
0: I'm feeling really good about my picks. Uh, of course can't have young Raymond Simone because of your dumb rules, but other than that, I'm feeling really good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my dumb rules, yeah. Of course when you recast a series you want to go back in time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, it is Star Trek,
1: right? Uh don't get me Slingshot started. effect, Orb of Time. We got yeah. all kinds of ways, Pally. All kind pally, thank you, Vic, Vic Fontaine. <laughs> so, Dan, moving on. This is one of the other characters I had an unbelievably hard time with. I um, and we're talking about Chief Miles O'Brien. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. I. This is the one that literally took me the longest. I racked my brain about this one for days. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, I. I'm still not 100% sure of my pick, so I'm looking forward to hearing yours.
0: Oh, I feel the same way about mine, though, man.
1: <laughs> well, then why don't you tell us who you selected?
0: I'm going to tell you who I thought of selecting first, and I actually was going back and forth right up until we started recording this morning. I just could not decide if it would be good or not. It was, it was very difficult. Um, this is one of those ones I was going to go outside the box and not choose someone who is Irish. But then looking at a list of Irish actors, he actually is listed there, so I guess that wouldn't have made sense. But I originally was going to choose Ben Stiller, which I just I just didn't feel good about the whole time I had the list. I'm like, no, I just don't know if that's going to work. So I eventually went with my second choice, who I also went back and forth with because of his current age and decided, you know what? Sorry to break your rules again, but I'm going to go with a younger version of this guy, and that would be Liam Cunningham. And for those who may not be familiar with that name, he plays Davos in Game of Thrones. Interesting. Yeah, he's got a—he's a very strong-willed character. Um, he's a right-hand man type of guy, at least in Game of Thrones. Um, I like this actor. I like—I uh, like how he does his performances, uh, and that's who I en- ended up choosing for O'Brien. Now he's—he's well, I mean, he's fifty-five right now, so he's right. a little older than O'Brien, of course. But I still think that he'd be good.
1: What a fantastic actor he is, too. By the way, yeah, I, I think he's great. I um, I, I think that's a good pick, even if you're going to time travel. Um, and I think it's okay if O'Brien's a little older. True. You know, because yes, he's married to Keiko, and they're just starting a family. But you know, this is the future. That's you know? true.
0: The other thing before we get into your pick that I thought that would that made it difficult as to whether this would be a good choice for O'Brien is we gotta f- let's face it, O'Brien is like the punching bag of Deep Space Nine. He's always getting into trouble, he's getting tortured, he's getting captured, and I didn't know if this actor fit that role but i think that's because i was looking at him from a davos perspective in game of thrones um so i decided you know what i don't want to look at him specifically as that character that i'm familiar with but as the actor itself so that's why i decided to go with him
1: okay yes thank you for clarifying dan anything i can do to help well that we know that's not true (laughs) who would you pick man (laughs) well it's funny you say that. I didn't pick the same actor as you, but I actually tried to pick somebody from Ireland. Mm-hmm. So I, this is one I went back and forth on for a while because you want somebody who can sort of play that long-suffering character, you know, like the Chief O'Brien we know. Right. But I wanted somebody who could add maybe a different element to the character. And so if you watched Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week... You saw them introduce a new director or if you saw the Fox series Terra Nova you've seen this guy or perhaps um the the ABC short-lived version of Life on Mars and I'm talking about actor Jason O'Mara. He um he doesn't often sound Irish because he plays a lot of americanized roles. He too actually was in The Good Wife at one point sounding Irish, so I know that you know he really is from ireland but um you know he's probably closer to our age which i think is good he's you know certainly a character that could play chief o'brien perhaps have a little bit more of an action element because he's a fairly tall guy but you know I, i'm still like i said i'm still not 100% sold on this pick but if i were starting my search i probably would start with him and if he wound up in the role I think I'd be okay with it.
0: Okay. I'm not sure if my dog Aria agrees with you, because she's barking her head off right now, and I apologize about that, but uh, no, that's that's an interesting
1: choice. She is a discerning fan of Star Trek. Let's just be honest. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Don't ever walk by my house, folks. If you're ever in Maine, because my dog's going to do that, so just sorry. But no, that's a very interesting, very,
1: very interesting... Aside from the fact that you live there. Yeah, don't walk by.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay. That's a very interesting choice. That's another one that I would never have picked in in a million
1: years. (laughs) And he's not 100 years old. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so, Dan, we have four characters left. We're past the halfway point. And we're kind of getting into the, you know, some of the the more interesting selections and in characters
0: yeah. now. Yeah, we're getting into the, the meat and potatoes of the cast, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. So <laughs> let's... Um, when when coming up with this list, we made a conscious decision to go with the the series regulars in the first six seasons. So we would recast Jadzia but not Ezri. Right. So now we're gonna take a look at Lieutenant Dax, the science officer of Deep Space Nine, played so amazingly by Terry Farrell for mm-hmm. six years. One of, you know, my favorite Star Trek characters of all time and perhaps my favorite DS nine character. So, I thought about this one for a long time, too. I, I'll go first with this one. Yes, absolutely. So I'll, give you, yep. I'll give you my pick. I I thought about a couple of people, and I did not settle on this person, but my first thought was um, the woman on the blacklist, Megan Boone. Oh, nice. Yep. I thought that she would have been a good pick, and then I sat back and I thought about it. It's like, well... Dax has this really acerbic wit, and there's sarcasm that comes from Dax, and on top of all that drama and seriousness, Dax has this variety of layers. And so ultimately, I chose somebody that I know is really good with lighter moments Mm -hmm. in addition to some more serious ones, and I settled on Kobe Smulders from How I Met Your Mother, and she also played Agent Maria Hill in the Avengers movie.
0: Oh, okay. I was going
1: to say, I'm not sure who that was, but as soon as you said Avengers movie, that's a very interesting choice. I think that she could play Dax amazingly well. You know, I think that she's got, you know, as an actor, many of those qualities that Terry has. And I think it would be a great updating of that role. But that's just me.
0: Huh. That's interesting. Well, again, this, this one for me, this was the most difficult choice for me. Really? Uh, even, even more so than O'Brien. Uh I just could not I went back and forth with so many and I'll tell you the truth, I I had who I was going to choose while you were talking, and I decided to change it back to one of my runner ups while we were discussing while you were
1: discussing your choice. All right. Now wait a second. You have <laughs> given me crap before during a see it or skip it for changing my vote midstream. This isn't see it or skip it. No, so <laughs> this is okay. You can just make a casting decision or redecision on the fly as as we're recording. Sure, why not? It's recasting a series. I don't ever want grief from you ever again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's not going to happen. I'm sorry. Actually, you know, as I think about it, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my who I pick right now and who I had a few minutes ago, and I want you to tell me which one you think would be a better fit. Okay. All right? Now, I'm going to give you my third choice also of who I had, but I didn't keep her on the list very long, and that was Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones, Daenerys Targaryen. I just didn't – As the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, no, I just don't know. What I was looking for, to be very honest, is I wanted to find a very strong female char- uh, actress. Dax was, f- for all intents and purposes, the sex symbol of Deep Space Nine because we know after Next Generation there was one of those characters in each series. Um, so I wanted to pick someone who was a strong actress, who had the attractiveness that uh, the characters had in the series like Terry. So I went with her, but then I said, no, I'm not going to do that. The person who I was going to choose and then changed just a few moments ago was actually Charlize Theron because she's a very strong female actress. She has very strong characters and a lot of the roles that she's played. And she's very layered. As you mentioned that you liked that, that character of Dax is very layered, but I didn't see the sarcasm wit humor aspect of that actress in this role so i changed it last minute and it's very difficult i I really don't have a strong pick for this because this one has flaws in it too i think so i'd like to see what you what you think i actually would choose emily bett Rickards to play jadzia and she is the actress who plays felicity smoke on arrow
1: I think that is a fantastic pick and I'm glad you changed it. Oh good. All right. She's
0: hysterical in Arrow. I love her humor. I love her sarcasm. She's a very um uh strong character in Arrow. She's she's Oliver's right hand woman and she's there to help him when he needs help, but he's she's also there to give him criticism when it's needed. And I think that the character of Felicity Smoke played by Emily is a perfect choice for uh Jadzia, but i was kind of nervous because i didn't know if it was too much humor and too much sarcasm of the of the role that she plays in arrow and would it be a fit for Jadzia? but i'm really glad you like it
1: i think that's your best pick yet really yeah excellent that's a that's a fantastic pick i'm almost jealous of it
0: that is she is my favorite character on that show by far she is hysterical in that show oh without a doubt yeah love her
1: she's great Wow, Dan coming in with a solid number 4 pick.
0: Wow. So so you're going to give me crap for changing it still? Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because you should have been the smart to begin with. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Although, I, I you know, if I have to put those two picks head to head, whether it's, you know, Emily or or uh Kobe, I think either one could do really well in that
0: part. Yeah. I yeah, I agree. Yep. Awesome. This is, so is going to be a great show, man. I mean the TV show because we're going to call all these people and we're going to recast the series. We're going to do it. Totally?
1: <laughs> Maybe we'll uh, start a, a Kickstarter and do a fan film.
0: <laughs> hey, oh. It's better than being a low end podcaster, uh, I guess. So
1: too what soon. What are you going to too do?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> we'll start. To, we'll build our own studio, Coconut Studios.
0: <laughs> oh wow! But then we're going to change the name every six weeks. So
1: yeah, That's yeah. It. All right. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have some, we're going to have great patches, believe me. <laughs> so, Dan, moving on, three characters left, and we're going to move on to the chief of security for Deep Space Nine. Of course, Constable Odo. Mm-hmm. This is the one I had the toughest time with, oh. by far. Really? Yeah. Ah. Because, well, let me tell you why. Two words: Rene O'Berschinois. Yeah,
0: you can't you can't replace him.
1: Rene Aubergenois is one of my all time favorite actors. Mm-hmm. And he's still, whenever he's in anything, one of the best actors on television. Yep. You know, I think he's doing, um, he, he does a, has a recurring role, I think, on Madam, Madam Secretary. Madam, right Madam now,
0: Secretary, correct.
1: Which I've not seen, but because I'm not a big Taylor Leone fan, but when Rene's in it, I feel like I should give it a shot. You know what I mean?
0: I absolutely know what you mean. I have not seen it either, but I've seen his tweets that he's in New York filming Madam Secretary, and I'm like, oh, i got to check it out, and I just haven't.
1: Yeah. So, Dan, that said, if one of our favorite actors is not going to play Odo, who do you think you would recast in that part?
0: This was another one that was extremely easy for me to choose, and it's one that as soon as I made it, I didn't think twice about it. Okay. And that is Daniel Craig from the latest James Bond movies.
1: Wow, you really have high and lofty goals for recasting the show.
0: Yes, I do. He is. I think personally, for me, and I, this is probably going to ruffle some feathers. He's the best Bond that has ever been, and I'm not saying that Sean Connery wasn't good or anybody else, but he is just the definition of James Bond in my mind. He's in a constant struggle, and he's so suave and debonair, but he's not afraid to show his vulnerabilities uh, when he needs to, and that's Odo. I thought I think Daniel Craig, looking at him through the prism of being James Bond, would instantly be my choice to be Odo in Deep Space Nine recast. Wow, yeah, very strong
1: feelings on that one. No, no, I'm saying wow because you think Daniel Craig is the best James Bond.
0: (laughs) Oh, every one of the movies that he's been in, I have absolutely loved, absolutely loved. Yeah, really? Even even Quantum of Solace? all of them. I've loved all of them. Now, that was that would be the lowest of the list that he's been on. <laughs> Skyfall though. Ugh, Skyfall is in my opinion probably the best Bond movie there
1: was. Uh, false. We were looking for Casino Royale, still the best of his Bond movies, still the best. You
0: think that that one is over that over Skyfall, huh? Interesting. I do.
1: Huh. I do. All right. Skyfall is fan is fantastic, don't get me wrong.
0: Well, when we start the 007 podcast, That'll be something that we can talk
1: about. I don't think we're allowed to, because I think John Champion has right of first refusal on that. That's <laughs> all the more I reason be, for us I to hate I want to get him. his
0: take on, on Daniel Craig, definitely.
1: Um, he talks about James Bond quite frequently mm-hmm. on, on Trek FM, I think on the 602 Club. i have to check it out. Yeah. So Anyway, let's move on to my pick. Absolutely. I don't want to talk about Champion anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So for Odo... My pick is going to surprise some people. So I went for a a really versatile actor who has done some work in the genre, even though it's on a series I can't stand. And Jason in North Carolina can take this as a a particular nod for him. But um, I chose the actor Alan Tudyk from Firefly. (laughs) (laughs) Now, aside from Firefly... Alan has been in a wide variety of things and played a, a number of different characters. He's done it all from comedy to drama to sci-fi, and he is a really great actor. So I think that he could portray the nuance of Odo, particularly you know when we start talking about Odo's you know uh, feelings for Kira rather well. Huh. I think. I think that it would add a layer of, of, of empathy to that character that we would appreciate and would still be the Odo that we know. Interesting.
0: Yeah. I, so I'm not a huge fan of his, so I wouldn't have chosen him at all. I wouldn't have even I, come in to, to play.
1: Well, no, because you want to get freaking James Bond.
0: <laughs> he is going to be in the new Rogue One movie, though. Star Wars film next year. It, what? Yeah, he
1: is. Alan. No, he's not. Yes, he is. I'm looking oh, at it Alan right Tudyk. now. Alan I thought you were saying Daniel Craig. Oh, no,
0: no, no, no. Alan Tudyk. No, we're on your pick right now. My pick's done.
1: Oh, for once, it's <laughs> about me.
0: <laughs> that is that is an interesting choice. It's just uh, See, I, maybe it's because I've really only seen him in things where he's more comedic, so I don't see him in the role, but uh, hey, to
1: each his own. He He absolutely can do it. All right. Okay, Hands down. plus he'll be available, I'm sure, cuz it's not like there's going to be a season 2 of Firefly. Oh,
0: wow, that was awesome. <laughs> Good
1: job. No, in all seriousness, I I think he's a great actor. I think that uh he he can pretty much do whatever they put in front of him. He actually did a really funny loot crate video just this past week, so
0: I could I I'm looking know. at a picture of him right now. He definitely could be the, uh a Changeling. The, yeah, th- I think well, the makeup would would work on him.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you for your, uh, your vote of confidence. Still a dumb pick. Wow. <laughs> so, Dan, we got two characters left. Oh, the two biggest. Arguably the, the, the two most senior characters on board Space Station Deep Space Nine. And let's go right into it with the first officer, Major or Colonel Kira Nerys, depending on what season you're looking at in the first six, um, played by one of our favorite people on the planet mm-hmm. and former Trek Geeks guest, Nana Visitor. Yes. So I will, I'll take this one first. Absolutely. I um. I tried to find somebody who I thought could convey that same feeling that we get with Kira as somebody who was part of a, a, a race that was enslaved and then, you know, was part of a resistance and then fought to keep the the Cardassians off of Bajor, and I figured that had to be a really strong actress, somebody with a, you know, with a with a a consistent ability to play really good drama, mm-hmm. and I I had one pick on this from the get go. And I didn't change my mind. I actually changed my mind at all of the other positions except this one at one point or another. Even Captain Sisko? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So the only person I have ever had in mind to recast as Kira is Paget Brewster from Criminal Minds. She's coming back to the series this season after a couple of seasons away. She was also in the Showtime series Huff with uh, Anton Yelchin. Okay. Uh, but, you know, she plays—actually, she, her character on Criminal Minds was one of my favorite during the run of the series, and I'm glad they're bringing her back. But more than capable, she certainly can play the lighter moments because she's done enough lighter stuff. But when I think of somebody who could play a former terrorist who is now, you know, one of the, the leaders of, of her people, I think that she absolutely could play Kira.
0: That's a pretty good choice. I didn't think of that one at all. Thank you. Uh, like you, this was one that uh, I put, I chose, I made my choice, and I didn't think twice about it. And this, this would be my choice. I, I did have a couple that I put in, and I didn't change at all, like Daniel Craig, uh, or see or Steve Buscemi. But um, I felt that this actress needed to be a very. Strong actress, very good, strong female roles in in films or TV shows that she's been in. She needed to be tough. She needed to be passionate. And the good thing about Deep Space Nine is that if this person is cast, she won't have to die like she does in every single other movie or show that she's been in. And that choice is Maria Rodriguez, who was in Resident Evil, and she played Ana Lucia in Lost, and she was also in Avatar, for example. Uh, That would be my choice for Colonel Kira. Interesting. Yeah. I've always liked her stuff. Um, in Lost, she's very doom and gloom, and she's always kind of like the pessimist. Uh, but I love her character in that show. Uh, Avatar, she's great. Resident Evil, all the stuff that I've ever seen her in, she's, she's really good, and she plays a very strong uh, character. So, yeah, that was that was one of those ones that was very quick choice and one that I stuck with the whole time.
1: Uh, well, congratulations. That's a good
0: pick. I do like your Padgett Brewster one. That's
1: a very good choice. Thank you very much. Very very good. I um well Dan we've got one pick left. Oh. It is the central figure in Star Trek Deep Space 9. I speak of course of Commander or Captain Benjamin Sisko. You know, he's a single father, he's a Starfleet officer, he starts off the series at a at a very interesting place for a central figure in a Star Trek series and ends it in an even more interesting place. Mm-hmm. So that said, knowing that uh, we won't be casting Avery Brooks, who was perfect for the role, I right out. Yes, he was perfect for this role. Who would you select as Captain Benjamin Sisko? Well,
0: the person that I chose is somebody that we have talked about a lot. We love what he does. We know that he loves Star Trek, and we think that he would be perfect as a uh, lead role in a Star Trek series, and that is Lance Reddick. He is my choice. Uh I love what this guy does. Uh he was so great in Fringe and he's so great in Bosch. Uh I can just see him being the Cisco. Uh nobody can replace Avery, absolutely not, but I can easily see him being this character. We've seen the soft moments uh, with family that he has in Bosch, um, so he would have that aspect with Jake. He's very strong, powerful in 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 Fringe and in Bosch as uh, what is he lieutenant? I forget what he is in his rank uh, in Bosch, but I think he would just be fantastic as Cisco, just awesome. I think he's a deputy chief in Bosch. Okay, people are um, dying out there every day. I could just see him doing it. It's just he's so he's so good. Uh, in every role that he plays, and he has the look that I think Cisco needs to have.
1: Excellent. I think that is an outstanding pick. You know I love Lance Reddick. Mm-hmm. My pick is going to sound very familiar, and it wasn't the person I initially picked as Benjamin Cisco. Initially, I picked Mike Coulter, but I thought he'd be a better wharf. Because I think that Mike Coulter, and it maybe in the future, could be a decent Cisco. Okay. But I almost think he's a little too young. Okay. So my pick is also the one and only Lance King Reddick. <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> I knew that we were going to choose the same thing, man. That's great.
1: It is the only pick on which we lined up for all of the reasons you stated. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. He has that intensity... He has that, you know, that empathy. He, I think he could kill it with Cisco. He really could.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, shout out to Star Trek Discovery. There might still be casting availabilities. Give him a call. Give him a call.
1: <laughs> I'm, sure he'd, I'm sure he'd love to. <laughs>
0: oh, my God. That would just be so great. I'm glad you picked the same, man. I did say to you this week, I I said, I wouldn't be surprised if we picked the same guy for Cisco, But we didn't tell it each other any of these picks. So, I'm
1: only surprised that you picked him also.
0: Oh, God. It was, I, okay, I got to tell you. You know how I do the album covers, obviously. Yeah. One day, I just had some free time, so I found a picture of him, and I put him in a Starfleet uniform. It's on my desktop at my work. It's sitting, I have it there. <laughs> I mean, because he just would be so great as uh, as Cisco.
1: Nice. <laughs> Well, Dan, that wraps up our recasting Deep Space Nine. If anybody has their own thoughts, they can, of course, always send them to us in, on Facebook or, you know, in uh, email at Starfleet.com Or even if you join our Cam Kittimer group, we actually would love to hear who you would recast for these parts.
0: I think that so. would be great. I'd love to get a huge list from everybody to compare. And then we could do another episode over what other people think or at least a segment.
1: Yeah, that would be interesting. Be very cool. Well, Dan, you know, this has you know, been an excellent discussion, but it's all been highlighted by some amazing music that we have each and every week on our show. I speak, of course, of the compositions of the band Five Year Mission. We can't thank them enough for letting us use their music for each and every episode of Trek Geeks. And uh, seriously, head on out to 5 net and and buy some albums. I was listening to uh, to the complete discography at work the other day. It helped get me through.
0: Wow, that's a good word. Thank you. I like that. Thank you, you know, we're very lucky to have Five Year Mission because we are. you know, at one point they could have been gone forever. You know okay. why?
1: I imagine you're going to tell well, me. Uh, did
0: you see the episode where the entire band Five Year Mission they were put on trial by this omnipotent being called D? And they had to answer charges of being a grievously savage band, and they were almost wiped out of existence. Check it out. Encounter at Fark Point.
1: So wait, are you the omnipotent D in this analogy? I t- did not say that. I'm asking you. I, I you can
0: you can take that as you will, sir. That's just that I'm just saying what the episode was.
1: So that's a non answer answer. <laughs> right?
0: We do have a trial coming up, so I figured I might as well have some fun with it beforehand.
1: I can't wait for this to get added to the, to the, the, the stack of discovery. Way to go, out. I'm just
0: going to file a motion to you know, quell all the discovery like everybody else seems to do.
1: Yeah, great. That's fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, please head on out to fiveyearmission.net, download yourself some albums. We truly think you'll love their music. So uh, we hope you'll support them and love them as much as we do. Dan, why don't you tell us what we got coming up next week, mon frere? Well, Well,
0: uh, I'll tell you what. I'm going to take terrible Star Trek movies for a 1,000, Alex, uh, because Alex Trebek may not have been in Star Trek Insurrection like my sister Donna thinks he was, but uh, that's not going to stop us from talking about that movie next week. Uh, so set course for the briar patch, Bill. Dougherty out.
1: Manual steering column. Can we <laughs> just leave it at that? That'll be the whole episode, is it's that phrase repeated a hundred million times.
0: It's going to be the quickest episode ever.
1: <laughs> well, Dan, that's coming up next week. I would love to say I'm looking forward to that discussion, but I won't go that far. Nothing
0: like a good face stretching. <laughs>
1: yeah, right? I'm going to wish I had my face stretch for that one. And of course for more great Star Trek discussion We hope everybody checks out the Tricorder Transmissions Online at the com. And of course Everyone knows what I'm going to say next For all the latest news on Everything Star Trek Please visit our great friends at treknews.net For now This has been episode number 78 of the Trek Geeks Podcast We do hope you all live long And prosper
0: Coconut Studios, that was awesome
1: Coconut! (laughs) Coconut! (laughs) Your face is good now.
0: Wow. That's not very nice. I don't know why you have to be like that.
1: You're not very nice. Do I sound okay? All right, why is that
0: happening? Because your face? No, 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 no. I'm still getting, I'm getting, I'm getting you on my speaker and in my headset. Turn down your speaker.
1: So now I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Hold on. Talk to me. Can you hear me now? Yeah, but I hear them both still. Turn down your speaker.
0: I know. That's what I'm doing, and it's turning down my headset as well. I've done it before. i got to figure out how to do it. Hold on.
1: (laughs) You're the only person on the planet with this problem. Really? Yeah, really. I don't know why it does that. I'm not going to worry about it too much. I don't think. Speakers. Well, the only time it'll be a problem is because is if there's bleed through from your speaker to oh, your microphone. Yeah, Got to figure this out. Isn't there a physical volume on the front of the speaker? No. Really? Right. There is not.
0: That's stupid. You're stupid. Oh, Judy. shut your face. <laughs> All right, so I don't know. Why has that not done that before?
1: Do you plug your headset into the speakers or into the computer? Into the computer. It's an all-in-one.
0: And it's, uh, it's not a USB. It's just a standard jack headphone Eight-dunch. jack. But I don't recall us doing this last week, so that's what's weird.
1: <clears throat> <clears throat>
0: yes. And when I do that, I just muted, but now you're muted. I am? Well, I just turn it back on so I, oh. I can hear you again. Let me, oh, actually, hold on. I know. Hold on a second. All right. You're, now you're going to be through the speakers, so go ahead and talk to me.
1: How about now? All right. Now I'm going to replug in my headset. How about now? So I'm drinking a, a new flavor of coffee today. What is it? Toasted mocha marshmallow.
0: Oh, that sounds just awful.
1: Dude, it tastes like you're drinking a s'more, and it's amazing. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. <sighs>
1: that's you turned funny. your nose up at brown sugar crumbled donut, I, I might add.
0: No, I don't think I ever did because I love brown sugar. So I don't know if that's accurate. I don't think he that's were like, correct.
1: You I'm not listening to that. Or, no, I don't I'm think not drinking that.
0: I'm, no, that's wrong. You're I'm like, going to call you, I'm gonna have to call you out on that one. I don't believe that one.
1: Making all kinds of fake vomit noises.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I know you're making no sense at all.
1: I think at one point, you know, you were just dry heaving. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I don't know what we're going to do here. Is mm-hmm. there... A microphone jack on your sorry, a headphone jack on your microphone. I don't believe so. I don't see one. Nope. That's too bad.
0: That would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Mine has one. Well, you're better than I am in so many ways.
1: That's so true. I'm just glad you finally coming to that conclusion. Oh,
0: I've always known it. I just didn't want to make your ego bigger than your mouth.
1: What does that mean? It means you got a that, big mouth. That is so stupid. You're stupid. You know what else is stupid? stupid. Your face? Your face. Glad to see you're right on top of things today. have to be this time in the morning.
0: It's <laughs> 10 o'clock. But I know. I got a. I got a um, gingerbread coffee. Speaking of coffees.
1: I'm sorry I woke you up before the crack of noon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm drinking it in my lovely new Disney's Fort Wilderness campground mug. <laughs> well.
1: I'm glad you finished that sentence because it sounded like you said nude Disney. And Ooh. I'm like,
0: what? What? That's the new Disney. That's the new park.
1: Whoa. <laughs> <clears throat> that Talk would be a little it. scary. Yeah, a little? Well, I guess in <laughs> your case. But Oh, sick burn.
0: Yeah, sick burn. Ooh. Call, Call the, bur- the burn, burn unit. unit. Yeah. That was a
1: sick burn, Dan.
0: Uh, back to you in the studio. Jerk.